Good morning once again, and welcome to a new edition of Logan Regional Medical Center and you. We have a special guest with us today, Dr. Mahmoud Hamza. He has over 20 years of experience in emergency medicine, and he's now practicing at Logan Regional Primary Care, the walk-in clinic. That's located on the second floor of the Kruger Building on the campus of Logan Regional Medical Center. And it is open and accepting new patients. It's open Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you can always call the clinic for information or appointment, 304-239-8090. The clinic provides patients with the opportunity to walk in, be seen by a physician without even uh, having to make an appointment, but you can. And uh, we're going to bring on Dr. Hamza right now. Good morning, uh, Dr. Hamza. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, everyone. I'm doing reasonably well. I'm glad that you've uh, come on here. I understand you've received training uh, through Columbia University in New York, and you're uh, committed to uh, making this community healthier by providing much-needed primary care services. So you're with Logan Regional uh, Primary Care, the walk-in clinic, and... um, you know, the walk-in clinic offers a general primary care services um, in addition to several urgent care services uh, at the clinic. Uh, what, uh, what exactly, uh, at the walk-in clinic, what exactly uh, can people expect when, when coming in there, especially for uh, you know, uh, pediatric urgencies, uh, flu, UTI, stuff like that? What are some of the more... Um, uh, pressing uh, situations that you have there at the walk-in clinic? Great question. Thank you for uh, that question. Uh, our, my practice is when I came to the area here, I realized that the area is in a great need of uh, primary care as well as uh, urgent care. Uh, primary care is um, the physician who takes care of all your problems and basically the coordinator of all your medical problems and to um, make everything uh, in, in coordination with all other specialties. And basically, I'm the bookkeeper for the patient and making the patient direction and the suggestions what they should do. The interesting part of my practice was, is the urgent care. Now, let me clear it here between urgent care and emergency, emergency care. Mm-hmm. When I was in the emergency room, uh, I happened to see a lot of patients coming in with minor stuff doesn't require to be in the emergency room to be in a primary care office or an urgent care. Mm-hmm. These uh, minor things, I would say, urinary tract infection, um, sore throat, flu, earache, eye problems, uh, cough, bronchitis, uh, minor injuries like laceration, sprains, this is the part that was patient comes into the ER expecting to be seen quickly. However, they, they had to wait for a long time to be seen because emergency room is not first come, first serve. It's based on the emergent situation that patient would need to be seen. 
So, unfortunately, this is what bumped the patient back uh, because it got a more, uh, more uh, uh, urgent situation that needs to be seen right away. So, in the practice here, this is what we, that's what I decided to do with the administration, is to see all these urgent cases and uh, decompress the emergency room. Nowadays, when we have all this COVID situation and all, the wait time would be tremendous to be seen. So I developed a system with the hospital and the administration and my house, my staff. We expedited in a very, very quick matter just to increase the flow because I don't want a patient coming here, for example, might have COVID sitting in a waiting area next to someone doesn't have COVID, then they infect them or they get them exposed to. So that's why my, my, you come to the office, you always see the, wait, you see the waiting area is always empty because this is the way I'm developing the system. Just like there is no wait in the, in, the, in the office. And if I get more than three, four patients, each one goes to a separate room immediately to separate them. So this is the urgent. Now the emergent situation, um, this is a, a, it's a misconception here sometimes. People come in, someone comes in with chest pain. Mm -hmm. uh, chest pain needs more immediate care that I cannot provide here by myself. So this is to be seen in the emergency room, mm -hmm. involving a trauma, big trauma. I'm not saying small trauma, like a big car accident. Then that, that they don't want to go to the ER because of the wait time. They come here, uh, I'm going to have to send them to the, uh, to the ER. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, abdominal pain when vomiting and distended belly, yeah, it's not much I can do over here. But uh, simple problems, I can deal with it very, very efficiently and quickly. And add to my experience that I have in the emergency medicine and the primary care medicine, I can differentiate immediately what is need to be seen immediately to the ER and something that needs to be done immediately versus I could wait. But uh, I, uh, this is how I wanted to explain it to the public and uh, what I'm doing. And I'm very accommodating to all my patients. Sometimes they call me and they tell me, my primary care, uh, I'm having this, this, and that. Then I, I guide them. Go to the ER right now. Do this. Do that. Mm -hmm. And it's very enlightening there, too, because I think a lot of people have that misconception about the difference between urgent care and emergency care. Emergency care is something that needs to be tended to immediately, whereas urgent care is something that, you know... You have the time. You have the luxury of the time to deal with it. The luxury. I like that term. Uh, and and uh, one thing that... You've been on this show before uh, numerous times, and one of the things you've talked about quite often has been diabetes. And, uh, you know, of course, here in the state of West Virginia, the legislature is now talking about uh, uh, cost caps for insulin and, and pumps and, and blood sugar test strips and things. But something that really caught my eye on this story uh, coming out of the legislature was that uh, the bill up there talking about these cost caps had an estimate that more than 200,000 West Virginians are diagnosed or living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes, and another 65,000 are not even diagnosed. Um, that, that is staggering to me, uh, especially in, a, in this state where we have um, a, lot, a lot of, uh, for instance, we have a lot of seniors. We have a, a, a high rate of obesity. So therefore, type 2 uh, diabetes is, is uh, obviously a problem. Uh, but what I want to ask you before we dive right into it, uh, 
between the two types of diabetes, can, can you kind of give us an idea of uh, the differences between type 1 and type 2 and if there is uh, a different kind of treatment for both? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, first, the, the numbers or the, the, the number of people who does have diabetes look into the population of the state of West Virginia, which is around 1.5 to 2 million people. Mm-hmm. We're talking about around great to 15% of the yes. population of the state of West Virginia are diabetics. This is huge. Number two is, answering your question, is there is two types of diabetes, type 1 and type 2. Mm-hmm. How we differentiate? Type 1 is the one that you know, the, the pancreas is the one that is when we eat anything with a carbohydrate or sugar, the pancreas secretes the hormone of insulin, which is in turn start to uh, di- digest it and distribute it to the cells in the form uh, of the simple form of the glucose. Now, uh, this is the type 1. So what happens in type 1, the pancreas stops completely. Mm. So no insulin produced. Then, then we call type 1 insulin-dependent diabetes. That's mm-hmm. type 1. Type 2 is the pancreas is working but as not as efficient. Mm-hmm. So it does produce insulin. However, the insulin is less and in turn increase your sugar in blood and the side effects of increased sugar of blood comes with it too. Uh, now here, this is the thing, in, 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 in the medical field, usually we take type 2 is more dangerous than type 1. Really? Yes. Why? Because type 2, the patient doesn't have any complaint because he still can function with a minimal level. Mm. What they do, it's like a slowly eating in your system, your eyes, your kidneys, your your medium-sized arteries, your coronaries, it's, it's causing problems there. And this is the slow deteriorating effect of, you know, constantly high sugar without causing, going to the effects like we have, like the, the type 1. Type 1, it speaks itself right out. Patient have uh, he complaining of increasing urination, increasing thirst. So this is the type 1 you can find. Once you find it, you start the insulin, and immediately you start the treatment so it can have a strict control on the, the for us, the, we call it the hemoglobin A1C, which is the indicator for us how we are responding to the treatment. However, in the uh, type 2, people could run it for years. Mm. Yeah, you want a best example for that? Sure. Myself. myself. I didn't know I'm type 2 diabetic. Then one time I felt good. I said, ah, let me check my finger stick. I was at work in New York. Mm-hmm. My Kidding you not, my sugar was really elevated. I found out I'm type 2. That was five, six years ago. And uh, immediately I started doing, you know, checking my eyes, doing, you know, all the stuff that needed to be examined immediately to make sure that I don't have deteriorating effects uh, of the di- diabetes uh, on my body. So my advice for anyone now here, when someone comes to see me first time, I tell them I'm doing a screening. My screening includes the hemoglobin A1C, because if there is anything, I would catch it right away, right there, you know. And if I see anything, if it's higher than a certain than the acceptable level, which is 5.9 to 6.1, I would 
start send them to the eye doctor, send them to the to podiatrist, the, a few things to urine ex like check the labs. A few labs I have to make sure that I am on the right track so that we're not having any deteriorating effect or side effect of the elevated blood sugar. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's so. Um, let me ask you this: uh, When it comes to the type two, as you said, that they, they consider it the most dangerous type. Yeah. Um, what What are some of the um, uh, 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 symptoms? I, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm using correct words here. Uh, what are some of the things that people can look for uh, that might draw their awareness to they they possibly might be diabetic? Okay. Uh, sometimes they get blurry vision. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if they eat a heavy meal with high sugar, they get like, ah, I got blurry vision. Um, they go a lot to the toilet, urination. They get up a lot on the nighttime to do it too. That's one of the, one of the things. Um, they say, well, I go to the bathroom, then I'm still thirsty and I drink water. By the way, these two symptoms are common symptoms for diabetes. Hmm. Okay? Then they tell you, ah, I eat a lot. Yeah, that's, then this is one of the symptoms too. They're like, they have polyphagia, we call it. Like, they eat a lot, they want, they're always hungry. Hmm. Yeah, so, uh, and by the way, both of them are common for the diabetics, like type one and type two, both of them are common. So this is the, these two symptoms are common, but uh, there are other labs and the other investigation tools we use to differentiate between type one and type two. Oh my. Uh, if you're just joining us, a Logan Regional Medical Center and you were talking to Dr. Mahmoud Hamza, uh, trained Columbia University in New York. He is in uh, Logan now. He has 20 years of experience in emergency medicine, but he is practicing at Logan Regional Primary Care Walking Clinic on the uh, Logan, uh, on the campus of Logan Regional Medical Center. Now, uh, Dr. Um, with the last few moments we have here in the show, uh, for anyone out there currently right now listening to you, uh, they could probably have uh, any number of thoughts going through their head right now. I'm a hypochondriac. I certainly have them. Uh, so if you're, we're talking to these folks out here listening right now, and they have concern, but they may be uh, reluctant or hesitant, and of course a little time goes by, they'll forget about it until their next scare. Uh, right now, what do you re recommend for somebody uh, who needs or, or feels that they need to uh, get get checked for uh, diabetes? It's a simple blood test. Okay. It's a simple blood test. We, we do it, and uh, we'll be glad to see them here. Uh, that's number one. Um, and normally, that's every, every individual has to have at least once a year blood work, uh, and check exam from his or her physician, uh, just a well check, then this is how we pick up problems. Uh, and, you know, diabetes is a very, I always tell my patients, it's a very simple disease and a very difficult disease. Simple disease, when you follow the rules, how to deal with it, you're not going to have any problems. Very difficult disease, if you do not pay attention to all the recommendation and not taking your medication, you know, doing your diet without any restriction, yes, you will suffer a lot. Hmm. That's, and it's a, it's a, it's a choice. Uh, I tell sometimes the patient, uh, you want to drive in a 
30 miles area at 100 miles an hour, or do you want to obey the speed limit? They tell me, oh, I want to obey the speed limit. I said, then you will not have a crash. But if you do that 100 miles an hour in a 30 miles area, definitely you will have a crash, and you're going to have consequences. Oh, my. You, you definitely put it into a stark reality when you put it like that. And, uh, and, and again, if you're just joining us, Dr. Hamza from the Logan Regional Primary Care Walk-In Clinic, open Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. to 7 o'clock. Uh, no appointment necessary, but you can make one if you like. You can call 304-239-8090. Uh, Hamza, I really enjoyed talking to you because you seem to be a no-nonsense kind of guy. You just put it the way it is, and that's how it is. And I think a lot of folks uh, can uh, identify with that, and I think they, I, I certainly respect you for it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Anything you want to finish up with? Uh, no, the COVID. The oh, big yeah, COVID. thing that everybody is, uh, please, please, please think about vaccination. Mm-hmm. I took my vaccine myself. I took the three doses. So far, I didn't grow an extra leg or extra arm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing fine with it, and I'm over a year because people who get the COVID vaccine, yeah. their chances of hospitalization based on the CDC numbers, less than 90%. The side effect, even if they get Omicron, and now there is a new one coming up, uh, the BA2, this is a new... Uh, variant from the uh, the corona, and you know we they they gonna have a very good baseline immune system ready to fight it. Mm-hmm. So my advice for everyone: please consider the vaccine. And if you have any question, you can come and you can call me, and I will be more than happy to explain to you. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Thank you very much, Dr. Hamza. We really do appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. You too. Uh, again, Dr. Mahmoud Hamza from the Logan Regional Primary Care Walk-In Clinic. Uh, I'm telling you, he's, he's just a no-nonsense kind of guy. He tells you straight to you what it is, and uh, I, I certainly respect him for it, and I, and I think you will too. Uh, again, the uh, Logan Regional Primary Care Walk-In Clinic open Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 7 o'clock. You can call the clinic if you like. You can make an appointment, but they're not not necessary. But the number is 304-239-8090. And as Dr. Hamza said, please uh, consider vaccination. I got mine. I got, you know, the first two, a little funky weekend I had. But you know what? I just had the booster a couple of weeks ago. I haven't had no problems at all. And, of course, I know everybody's different. We want to thank Dr. Hamza for coming on and talking with us today. We also want to thank Logan Regional Medical Center for making this show possible to inform our listeners about, uh, well, not only about uh, primary health care, but what they offer at Logan Regional Medical Center. It's 1023. We have the Hymn and Gospel Hour coming up next.